For the break, I talked about these three points, which were honoring the rebel, honoring your preferences and rhythms, and honoring your discomfort. And discomfort here means also sleepiness, restlessness, distracted mind, thoughts. Sometimes those those are labeled as hindrances in meditation. I actually see them as helpers, as support in meditation. How can they be support? They can be support in cultivating love, cultivating kindness, cultivating nonviolence. That's how they can they can be helpers. Your sleepiness, your restlessness, your anger, your sadness. They they are helpers in meditation. They are visitors who help you to grow, to grow in your capacity to experience what it means to be human. And they are all part of what it means to be human. And more you can be at ease with this experience which we share, it's not personal. I, I go through the same stuff in meditation as you maybe in different intensities sometimes. But basically, my meditative experience has not much changed the last 20 years. (laughs) 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 But what has changed is how I hold it, how I am with it. How I feel about it. My easygoing has changed. Now sometimes, now sometimes it is actually possible, like if you would uh, like now become a full-time meditator, um, like spending in retreats, really good conditions, It's probably, it could happen that your mind calms down a bit and that you have more periods of stillness in your meditation. But it's actually pretty useless, that stillness. It's it's pleasant, but it's not going to help you to raise teenagers or uh, be in an intimate relationship. That stillness which you cultivate in a cave, yeah? But that stillness uh, or that, that openness and kindness which you are able to develop in your busy life, in your relationship life, in your family life, that's really useful. There are stories in the Tibetan tradition of meditators who attain uh, really like high levels of 
uh, high levels of calmness and how then they go out and they fail in the first challenge, in the first criticism they get, in the first encounter with another person. So I'm saying that to like to encourage you uh, to see the life circumstances you are in as something as something great to wake up. Yes, and then of course in our meditation practice when we sit down we will experience tiredness and restlessness and this kind of you know, stress, the, the, like the kind of energy. Yes, we will experience it because look the way we live our life. So, I mean, uh, and it's not a hindrance. Ah, there's something else you can r lovingly relate to. Something else you can touch and breathe into and be with. If you fall asleep in your meditation, that's really good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Be curious about the hypnagogic state just before you fall asleep, when like the first dream image arises. Yeah? Be curious about. Be curious about being tired, falling a bit asleep. Yeah. Okay, so then two more things I would like to say a few words and then there's some time for questions. And then on Saturday I will talk a bit more about the actually the techniques of meditation, different techniques of meditation. But the first thing I want to mention is you know, how to get into meditation. So to, the, I w like experiment with different ways how to get into meditation how to slide into meditation. And in the Tibetan tradition, they put a lot of emphasis onto that. Like in the Tibetan tradition, it's not like you sit down and then, okay, now I meditate. No, it's like, you know, you, you play house a bit. Do you know what I mean with playing house? No? It's like children when they build, you know, when okay. they, uh, yeah, when they build, uh, the mother is there and father is there and, the table is there and like they set up a scene yeah i mean I, I, sometimes the whole game do you remember is setting up the scene like you have your figures and you set up the scene so a bit like that you set up the scene you set up the room and you don't need to do it the traditional seven step way like the you know, the preliminary preparation practice for a meditation you can find like your own style, but it's a bit like, oh, you put like the Dalai Lama a bit like this, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and so you, you arrange it a bit, maybe put sometimes another p picture there, and then you light a candle maybe, or you, know, you put away the, the dust, or, you know. Um, traditionally, it says the first step is uh, Brooming the room, yeah, 
So we, are, we, are not, we don't need to do that, but in the in the in the monastery they, they do that before they sit down. Yeah? So they broom the they broom the room. It's part of their, their practice. So it's a bit of kind of you know you you get into it with the offerings, and then you then maybe you want to make a prostration or a bow or at least you know you you look at that you look at that and you you rejoice. Make the meditation practice something where you indulge yourself in something nice for yourself, like uh, taking a massage. Yeah, it's your time. It's it's your time to take care of yourself, to to do something which is, which is dear to your heart and which nourish, which is nourishing you. Of course, if you see meditation as the straitjacket you put on. And you try to squeeze yourself in rituals which don't say anything for you, then you know. Then probably you will give up after a few months. Or um, if you are very disciplined, you can maybe keep up five years or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But then you have done five years of straitjacket meditation, and you, you, what did you gain? Because disciplined, you were already before. You didn't need to learn that. So that's like the sliding in, and it's it's like a sense of um, there is a sense of that you that you enter that space, but you also don't blow it up into this kind of bombastic event. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, it's playing house. I mean, a child who is like arranging the little soldiers. Yeah, it's it's just like it's it's natural. It's it's not something, you know. It's not a big deal. It's something we can enjoy and uh, which is fun. Uh, but it does not need to be like uh, this thing. <gasps> yeah. Or like, oh, I'm so, I'm so. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> Yeah, and if I mean that probably will happen. Yeah, so, oh, I am so. Look, <laughs> then you then you smile about it. Of course, it will happen. The the the, the somewhat puffed up new age Californian style. <laughs> 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 spiritual practitioner is there yeah so okay <laughs> you can smile at it because then you can also smile at it when you see it in other people instead of judging it yeah so the 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 the, the getting into meditation and then as i said in 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 our meditation just you know take some time of just sitting there so even if you have commitments of you know like a tantric practice or a mantra or something just take a few minutes of like like just you know okay how am i doing what's what's on what's who am i just now <coughs> and then maybe 
if it if it feels good for you, you can add a kind of a bit of a like a ritualistic saying, like a refuge prayer or connecting with your intention. But but do that only if it feels natural and and wholesome for you. There is no value in saying, "Oh, I'm taking refuge to Buddha Dhamma and Sakaya." Ah, done. Now I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> no, if if you are if you are a slow person, maybe you you just you know you want to just you know say wow I take refuge to the Dalai Lama, and then you yeah, and that's it. Of course, if you are a quick person, maybe you enjoy huh? like Sangye Shodan. So then you then you enjoy that. Do it when it's wholesome for you. And be creative. Do it in Swedish. Do it in your language. Find your own, write your own version of the refuge prayer. No, you can be inspired by the different... And there you see, like, look into the different traditions. How do they say the refuge prayer? And you see this whole variation of different ways to say refuge in different languages, with different images, with different sentences. So it's not that I'm saying something particularly rebellious when I say that, because it's something which which you will find in the different sadhanas. Yeah, and then you uh, you um, you kind of you slide into your practice, which could be a practice of just sitting, a, a breathing meditation, working with a mantra, uh, doing some visualizations, practice of tonglen, self-compassion, so have some stuff in your toolbox, which you can also vary, you can variate with it. I mean, not jumping around like crazy, but like you, you, know, you work with something for a while and then maybe you add something or you turn to something else. Uh, maybe you want to work with a mentor who is supervising you in that, you know, or someone like a, someone else who is meditating, so you can talk about your practice. Oh, what is it, what are you doing, and how how is it going, and what do you experience, and would you like to experience? Uh, would you like to try this? Initially, it can be helpful to use guided meditations. Yeah. But don't get uh, don't get hooked by them. So the guided meditations they can they can teach you, and you get inspiration, and sometimes you to return to it and and listen to different teachers with guided meditations, so that you get a that you get that that you get variations for your, for your own practice. But also sit without guidance, and if you listen to guided meditations. At least, once you have finished the guided meditation, after, like for five minutes, just sit in the aftermath and just notice, oh, how was that? What is happening now? Yeah. Guided meditation can be quite an escape also of what you actually experience or what you need in that moment. Yeah. Of course, it's also it gives the safety and the guidance and the inspiration. So, it's like a, a question of balance. 
and you can return to it and then you you, you try it yourself and so that's and I will say a bit more on this on Saturday and then towards the end so we start by getting into the meditation and then getting out of the meditation which is also important yeah so getting out of the meditation like you start to maybe if you sit with clo- or closed eyes you you open your eyes you start to move a bit you start to stretch and maybe you 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 again so you you, you again slide out of, med- of out of the meditation and uh, you can also here add a kind of ritualistic prayer which is called a dedication yeah so that's like sharing and reconnecting with your motivation and your intention of your practice. And so again, that can be something very simple. So you could like just say something or feel like sharing, like you 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 just open to your surroundings and you feel you feel that your presence makes a difference in your house, in your in the place where you are. So you you just share the positive energy of your meditation. Or you can also say a dedication prayer. Yeah? May this benefit everyone I meet today, or something like that. So, it's a it's like this getting in and getting out of the meditation. It's uh, it's it's good to pay some attention and experimentation to that. Maybe using some of the traditional teachings you receive on getting in and getting out in the Tibetan tradition. So this getting in and getting out uh, protocol, it's a kind of protocol, yeah? getting in and getting out protocol. Um, that is also so helpful because it helps us to, uh, to not see meditation as something which is really cut off of the rest of the day. But it is like you you never really start the meditation. You slide in and then yeah, then something maybe happens as and then you slide out and it it and and it also doesn't really stop. So it it never really starts and it never really stops. And if you get if you get into that, then slowly slowly you get a sense that this uh, getting into meditation and getting out in in out. Of meditation can happen throughout the day again and again, all the time, getting in, getting out, getting in, getting out. So, deconstruct this idea that there's a meditation practice and then there's the rest of your life. You know, as many as mini meditations throughout the day, getting in, or like every time you sit down, getting in, then you start to write emails, getting out, and you pause, getting in. Then you then you then you get up and you walk to the toilet, getting in, walking meditation, getting out, you sit on the toilet. Ah, getting in. <laughs> Eating. So you, you walk to the canteen, you sit down, ah, getting in to, into meditation, mindfully eating. Getting out of meditation, getting up, yeah. Okay, 
So, are there any comments, questions, rebellious thoughts about uh, what I've said? Maybe something I have not talked about. I mean, there's a lot of things to explore uh, in the science of meditation. Yeah? So, this was just some... Yes? Um, could you suggest um, a special place in the body to rest your attention during the breathing? For instance, mm. I could put my attention here and that yeah. feels good. Yes, uh, that's personally very different. Uh-huh. Uh, so, But when you say that feels good, mm. then uh, then I would go for it. Because if I do here or here, I feel strap jacket here, or I be stressed if here. Yeah. So here relaxed. So then you then you go to that, but it could be also interesting then sometimes to uh, observe the other areas, mm-hmm. to make that also part of your practice, mm-hmm. like to find a resting point where you can where it feels good, but then from that resting point you also turn to those areas of the body where there's discomfort. Yeah? That could be actually the middle part of your practice could be that. Yeah. Uh, like kind of going from, from comfort to discomfort. Yeah? That could be a practice. Yeah. And this is different for, for different people. For some people that's why breathing meditation is not is not the best thing for for many people because it's it's uh, it's uh, it's not connected it's connected sometimes with the anxiety yeah so then if you focus on the breath then you increase the discomfort yeah personally that stresses me out yeah yeah so that's why i have been uh, inviting people quite often to uh, stabilize with the sensation in the hands mm. as a way. what you often say. Um, I find very um, helpful when you say, uh, you realize you're sitting, and then you feel the pressure here, and then you feel your hand and mm. belly and your feet. That I think is very, very helpful. Yeah, for you this is helpful, and for other people also, yeah? So, and the thing is to to identify those helpful things and then to integrate them into your practice. For some, for a very slow person, the way I do it, it's too quick. You know, they feel, hey, no, I, I, I need to be a bit longer with the belly. There needs to be a bit more softening. Yeah? And for some people, uh, it's just the right rhythm the way I do it, you know, in going through the body. And, and this is, this is, it, it, this is a, a, really a challenge when we learn meditation in a tradition where there's not a lot of variation. Like if it's a, tra- for example, if a meditation teacher fo- focus on breathing meditation, and then and and without knowing it, yet, it's not your thing. 
it's not your path. It's not the, the object. It's not the most wholesome ab- object for you to pay attention to. And, uh, and then, and that's, yeah, that's, then, then your practice is a kind of self-torture. What, like, in the Tibetan tradition, they work with, a lot with visualization, yeah? Like, imagine the Chenrezig, imagine this, imagine that. But maybe you are not a visual person. So then for years you try to you know you try to see generic <laughs> and you feel like you, you develop a, you know in the Tibetan tradition they call it a lung imbalance. You know, when you when you focus on on a unwholesome meditation unwholesome for you, a meditation object which does not fit your preferences and your rhythms, then you you create a, then you you are violent towards your own subtle energy. You're violent to your prana, to your chi. <coughs> and in the Tibetan tradition, they, they, uh, in the Tibetan medicine, they have a whole description of the diseases which come from that kind of meditation. So if you, in your meditation practice, experience the symptoms, you know, of tightness in the chest or, you know, pain here and uh, uh, that you get even more emotionally unstable or you develop a kind of aversion, you know, you see the, you see the statue and you feel like, you know, <laughs> and you, you try, or you try to hide your meditation cushion under the bed, you know, because you can't see it, you can't see the meditation cushions. I, there's many people like this. I mean, I meet them because they, they come, you know, they want, they talk with me and they try to find a way out of it. So that's, uh, these symptoms, they are all symptoms of what is called lung imbalance. Lung is the Tibetan word for chi or prana, you know, for that subtle energy body. And they have medicine and, uh, so, uh, uh, an important medicine with lung disease is beer. Yeah? Beer and meat. You can try that out. <laughs> it depends also, uh, this kind of lung imbalance um, happens more in groups where uh, the atmosphere or like the kind of teachings they are more like more and more harder, more mantras, more meditation, more, you know, more breathing, more, you know, more stretching, more, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, then in other traditions, you know, when, when the lineage in this tradition is more, yeah, just relax, you know, take it easy, be kind, be gentle, of course, less, less long. Some in some Buddhist in some Buddhist groups they they not even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't heard about it. <laughs> yes. I really find your uh, approach uh, like.
like inspiring it's uh, and liberating and also empowering because uh, I can recognize it myself when I put on the straight jacket and like I need to do it right and all, all of that um, what was I going to say yeah I was thinking of a quote uh, from the Dalai Lama. Don't use what you learn in Buddhism to become a better Buddhist, use it to become a better human being. Mm. Uh, so, mm. I think it's so easy to, at least it was for me when I started to learn about Buddhism, to to really try to get it right until like I, I learned the hard way, like the, the, the right way is, is honoring what's right for me, not mm like what I read in traditional texts and these. Uh, I, I needed to see it for what it was and then use what was beneficial for me. And that, that really helped me, that relaxation mm. of being more okay. Yes. And it happens sometimes in that first period that people then disappear. I mean, they, they, they leave. Because, yeah, because they, they feel, oh, this is, this is not good for me. And that is, of course, the, the, that is, I mean, then they find something else. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's so great that I can still be a Buddhist and like use techniques from Hinduism, from Islam, from Christianity. It depends on uh, which club you belong to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well. I mean, if you. If you <laughs> I, I don't usually it's, say it's, to people no, you, that I also. No, use because. This. <laughs> I mean, if you. Like, if you. Like, if you take, take refuge in some of the Buddhist tradition, uh, it's one of the refuge commitments not to take refuge into. Mm. What you just said. Yeah. So what what do you do with that? I keep it quiet. <laughs> what? I do it in secret. Uh, you do it in secret. Yeah. No, but no. Yeah, but, but <laughs> uh, yeah. And and uh, so then, of course, it's it's helpful to uh, to meet others who do the same and 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 kind of you know. Because it can also lead to uh, guilt and, you know, feeling you need to hide it. Uh, so it's good to to meet then other practitioners who are also then to read Lama Yeshe or other teachers, Trungpa Rinpoche, who are so broad and open in their approach. And then you can, you can get support for your style. And then, of course, there is uh, people who really thrive in a fundamentalistic cult. Yeah, for them, it's the right thing. They like to know what is the good. They like to know. They like to know. Ah, this is how I do it. One, two, three, four, five, six. And I do that. So. And then there's other people who, who just can't do that. Swedish and Danish people, for example. <laughs> 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 uh.
I mean, your whole school system is built up in making you think for yourself. Okay. So, sliding out, well, getting out. Part of that could be uh, a satisfaction and a happiness that we spend this evening together. Like really just an, uh, like an appreciation. It's called rejoicing. Yeah, to just feel, wow, this, this was wholesome for me to be here. And how wonderful it is that there's other people who who make it possible that a space like this exists. So and then you can you can you can already like feel how the inspiration or something maybe you found helpful for tonight or you can bring this now into your evening. So that uh, that some of the energy here in from this evening kind of is being carried to your to your home, to your family, where you where you where you now go to. So there is this getting out, this sliding out, and bringing with you the positive energy, with the intention to share, to share that with others. So one could also, while sliding out, put set the intention or for the rest of the day today, or if you do this practice in the morning, um, Throughout the day, I will return to this. I will remind myself. I will slide. I will get into it again. I will slide into it again. Sliding in, getting into it again. Throughout the day, as my, as often as possible. So when you go, like when you go to bed tonight, so you lie down, you close your eyes, and you you reconnect, you get into the Kamapai energy again, or whatever whatever is meaningful for you. And then I and then at one point you you don't need to get in or get out in him anymore. Then then it's then then every moment is is practice. Every moment is so every moment is yeah. 
every moment is presence of the of the lama every moment is presence of the buddha